0: Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Feuders, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest.
1: Well, thank you for joining the podcast today. My name is Jeff and I'll be your host. If you listened to the podcast last week, then you know that there's another story coming from David and Leah Ortiz. Uh, If you didn't listen last week, then you want to be sure to listen to that episode as well, an amazing story of the power of forgiveness after a terror attack in Ariel, Israel. Today, uh, David and Leah are going to share, David in particular, will share a story about an incident that he and a friend got involved in in one of the Arab villages there in uh, the land of Israel near Ariel, and how God did just some amazing things to enable them to reach out to the uh, Muslims in the area with the gospel. So I hope you enjoy the rest of this interview today and uh, listen with me as we hear David's story and also David and Leah share about some of the ministry that they are able to do uh, through humanitarian aid in the area where God has called them. So let's listen together situation happened, or, or after, I'm, I can't remember the timing, but one day you and a friend went to visit in a neighboring uh, Arab town, and, and yeah. you had a little bit of an incident. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Okay, by God's grace, we have more than 250 Muslims that became believers, and Muslims that really, believers that were Muslims that love God's Word and read the Bible. We have many Muslims that become believers at the same time. They're not rooted into God's Word. These guys are really hungry and study the word of God. So we're very blessed because of that. But during that time, I uh, went into the villages. I got a knife in my back. Uh, Somebody put a knife in my back. I was shot with a gun, and the bullets passed by my ears. Uh, They stole my car. They broke my windows twice, and they drove me off the road, and some other things like this. But my first time going to a village, I was very naive concerning the area. So there's an Israeli believer called Daron, and that time I had a car that worked by faith. It was a 1976 Volkswagen, meaning sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, and I had to push it in order for it to work. The car was so bad that my neighbor downstairs says to me, David, your car reminds me of Moses, because each time the, you move, the, the, instead of the cloud following, you following the cloud, the cloud follows you, all the smoke that comes out of your exhaust. And it was very true. <laughs> so uh, I said to Daron, I, I had people, I had a person come up to my house to fight with me. Uh, they were threatening me and telling me they were going to beat me up here in town. So I told Daron one day, we are, uh, we're about 600 meters above sea level. So surrounding us is all Muslim villages, all Muslim villages. In fact, there used to be Christian villages at one time before Islam came in. So I told Daron, you know, Derona, um, you know something? that If the Jews don't want me, I'll go to the Gentiles. He says, let's go. <laughs> so we packed our bags, got full of Bibles, and we drove into the village. When we drove into the village, all of a sudden um, – People just came out. They thought, I didn't understand, they thought it was a message from the PLO. Because during that time, it was by leaflets that they received messages and books. So they thought we were messengers of the PLO or something like that. Yeah, this. this was 1990.
0: 1990.
2: So okay. I came in with an Israeli vehicle. I started handing out Bibles. All of a sudden, uh, someone tells me, you know, the children will be out of school soon. So I said to wrong, what's wrong with the children? These children were high school children, and when they came out, one of them took the Bible, which we had the Old New Testament. He lifted it. He read it. He lifted it up, and he said, Jihad, Jihad. He started to scream. I saw his face just completely uh, turn into something really bad, and all of a sudden, everybody started charging us, punching us, grabbing my hair, doing everything to us. And I said to Rome, well, you better get inside the car so when we got inside the car um we see I'll, my car couldn't open from the it, my car had a special uh, safety feature you can't open it from the outside i could only open up with a hanger i had a hanger and i was able to open up the lock so they were trying to open up it wouldn't open up the windows wouldn't go up or down because i had like a silicone just holding the windows because if, if i didn't the window would just completely go down So even in the winter time, I would drive with the window open. So uh, they were trying to open up the car, they couldn't. They grabbed, it was a space about this much. They put their hands inside and they started grabbing my hand, just punching me. The same thing with the wrong on the other side. And uh, a guy came to the window on the wrong side and said, today, you're going to die. You will not leave this place. I believed them. There were about 80 people around us, just trying banging on the car. So I said to the Lord, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. I I, I believe I'm not going to live forever, so it looks like my time has come. So here am I. So all of a sudden, Daron starts screaming at me. He says, David, turn on the car. I said, Daron, you know the car doesn't turn on. He said, David, I don't want to die here. Try. I said, said, Daron, what do you want me to do? You want me to tell these people to push us out of here? I can't do that. So I tried, I tried, I tried, it wasn't working. All of a sudden, the car turned on. When it turned on, a guy got to the back, he took a big boulder, and he just started trying to smash the car. He was trying to break the windows to take us out. But the windows didn't break. Reason why? It was a Volkswagen. It was a 1976 Volkswagen, and everybody knows in those years, those windows, there was no safety glass during that time. So that glass Mm -hmm. wouldn't break. But they tried to turn the car upside down. But by God's grace, the car turned on. In fact, when I was driving out, there was one guy on top of the the windshield trying to still holding on. I was so nervous. And I I just couldn't see. The room was the one giving me directions how to leave because there's no urban planning. It's just roads. They go. I don't know where they go to. But by God's grace, we left. We got out. I kissed the ground. I said, Lord, thank God I came out alive, amen. So the next morning, Daron and I, we talk about what happened. And Daron says to me, you know something, it's not good the way we left. We left all scared, all shaky. He says, we should go back. I said, you're right, not good, let's go back. So we drove again, and said, let's put the car again. We drove inside the village. It was about 9 o'clock at night, and, and excuse me, in the morning, and the, and it, where it took place. It was in the mosque, in front of the mosque. In fact, it, next to it is the tomb of Joshua, the son of Nun. So uh, oh, wow! We, as we were there, everybody it looks like everybody was gone to school or they were at work. And on my side, there were four Muslim guys that came over to me. And as they're walking towards me, They approached me and they said, aren't you the guy we beat up yesterday? I wanted to say it was my cousin, somebody that looked like me. I said, (laughs) yeah, it's me. And he says, if if what happened took place yesterday, if you got beat up, why do you come back? I said, I forgot to tell you something. He says, is it that important? I said, it's very important. He says, okay, if it's that important, come to my house, we'll sit down and have some tea. For those that are familiar with Muslim culture, coffee means bad news, tea means good news. So we drank tea in his house after two hours. The guy gets so excited. He says, this is so exciting. You have to tell my brother. So we got in the car, we drove toward his brother's house. We were there, they made a meal for us. And he says the same thing. This is so exciting. We have to tell my other brother. So we get in the car we go to his other brother. And then he says, but we kept on going. See, Muhammad has eight brothers. So we went from house to house to house to house to house. And it was about one o'clock in the morning. There was no cellular phones. They didn't exist at that time. Leah did not know where I was. But by God's grace, I came home safe. And from that group, all of a sudden, we started to grow. And many of them became believers, real, true believers. And one Mm -hmm. thing about the difference between these men that become believers and other believers in the Western world, which is here, you have to say this. I receive Yeshua as my Messiah. I believe he died on the cross. And I believe he resurrected. And I am willing to give my life for my brother. For the gospel's sake. If he doesn't say that, no one's going to receive him. So for them, receiving the Lord means also dying for him. That's together. Because mm-hmm. the Muslims, when, when Christians wake up, one of them told me, which is very interesting, he says, when Christians wake up, they think about, what am I going to live for? I'm going to get a new car. I'm going to get a new house. He says, we don't think that way. We think about what we're going to die for, not what we're going to live for. And he says, now I know where to live. If I live or die, I die for the Lord. So it's just, they're, fantastic. they're and, fantastic. And the
0: thing is that, you know, that uh, as you probably know, um, in Islam, if you change your religion, you have three days to repent and come back to Islam or else you can be killed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And, so, and so we've had, we've had two, two of the guys
2: um, were killed. This is the Mufti of Jerusalem. This is the oracle, one of the oracles. He said the head of David Ortiz should be removed from the shoulder. This was his religion in Arabic. So the Arabic believers called me up in the morning. He said, said to, they told me, you know, it's in the newspaper this morning, El Kuz newspaper, your name is there. It says your head shall be removed from your shoulder, and those that follow you, should their heads are going to be removed also. So... And they said, David, what are you going to do? You know, it says your head should be removed from your shoulder. I said, I'll start using Head and Shoulders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> David, you cracked me up. I <laughs> I love hearing you tell a story. Uh, but but underneath all of this is this incredible uh, ministry and and uh, uh, influence that God has given to you both. And uh, we're just we're just. Um, you know, I said this to my wife all the time after we visited in your home the last time we drove away and and we're just so humbled to uh just have any kind of connection at all with you guys. You're doing such an amazing work there. And um so I, I appreciate you sharing that with us today. And uh Leah, you were gonna say something. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I don't know if you remember what you were gonna say, but
0: I do. (laughs) Actually, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, you know, how did you feel about this? You know, because his life was in danger. And, you know, I've told the story about their forgiveness that the Lord brought in my heart. But the thing is that there was, it was a move of the Holy spirit that was happening in this area and Mm -hmm. they were getting, David said, it was like picking fruit off the trees um, when Israel had come uh, taken over this area in 1967 there were Baptist missionaries that came in and they handed out gospel uh, literature and little records, little 45 recordings that used to play okay. on the record. And there were gospel messages, plus some books and leaflets and stuff. And there were many of them, many people that they were young at that time and they had received the message and they were wondering, they wanted, I mean, I, I believe that this was the fruit of That's that a, ministry. Of that labor. Of that labor
2: somebody else's labor i just came and picked the fruit
0: but it was it yeah. really was a move of the holy spirit and so it was dangerous but it was you see we had become believers also during a time in the 70s in the united states and canada also where there was a move of the holy spirit and so we knew what this was it was a move right. of the Holy spirit for salvation for these people and you couldn't stop, you couldn't stop it and you couldn't stop. And so it was actually a privilege to be a part of it. And, you know, the Lord, the Lord protected David.
2: Someone said, if you're afraid, you die every day. If you're not afraid, you only die once. That's a great deal.
0: And then, and and Uh. like I said, the fellowship that we had was, was glorious. It really was. And it was something new and it was, it was really amazing and it was for the glory of God.
2: They're amazing believers. They're very brave.
0: They, they uh, When the um, Oslo uh, peace agreement happened and um, Israel gave over sovereignty of many of the areas in the West Bank to the PLO, to the Palestinian Authority, most of the believers were arrested and put into jail for their faith and tortured very sadistically. And um, two of them were okay. killed, were killed for their faith. but. They went through torture, um, It's, just, oh, it's a long, but God was with each and every one of them, and each story was different. Each story was different, how the Lord basically rescued them.
2: It's important to witness to the Muslims. Yeah. It's very, very important.
0: It's the only They're way way hungry for the truth. It's the only way to stop terrorism.
2: I, I say, as believers, we cannot live in a fortress. We have to come out of the fortress because it says, and the gates of hell will not prevail. It means we're able to go into the enemy's territory, knock down their door, and preach the gospel.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. This is incredible. And uh, what I want to maybe just chat about for a little bit, what we get involved with at First Century Foundations in helping you guys is a lot of the humanitarian aid uh, that comes through donations from here in Canada. And uh, I know that that you're distributing those goods to both uh, Arabs and to Jews, and yes. yep. um, uh, talk just a little bit about about the ministry yep. and, and how that, that sort of that sort of uh, help paves the way for relationship and, and uh, yeah I
0: would say that first century foundations were the first ones that were contributing to to this they were you. you your organization was contributing to our ministry before that, and uh, I had a, a very good friend, a, um, a Russian-speaking believer, that lived in a in, in in the same building as a woman who was working in the city government here in Ariel. And she went to her and she said, "Here's a list of the Holocaust survivors here in Ariel. We don't have a budget to help them. Can you?" I mean, it was like what an opportunity, right? So, right. Yeah. Uh, we, we took the money from First Century Foundations and we did our first distribution. We we um, ordered food from a believing ministry, wholesale. wholesale food from a believer who has a ministry to uh, needy people, and we put together some packages and we invited them. We also bought uh, Bibles and gospel testimony books in Russian language because they are all Russian speakers and many of them don't even speak a word of Hebrew. And we have many uh, Russian speaking people in our congregation. And we just, from then, I think that was, I don't even know how many years ago, maybe seven years ago we began. And it was through first century foundations that we had the, the money basically in the beginning to do this. And God had provided already before it happened. So uh, every, I just made an order now for, we're doing 160 packets every time. And, you know, I'm also going to be handing out uh, hoodies and for the winter winter and, you know, we give things, you know, honey for Rosh Hashanah and, you know, Mm -hmm. seasonal things. And it's it's really and and um, we have people that man the book table that are Russian speakers. They pray for the people. They make contact with them. They call them. They visit them if they want to visit. There are those who have prayed to receive the Lord. Um, we don't keep any numbers, but you know, they're going into eternity very Mm. quickly. And so it's a very, very vital. Mm. This is
2: the last generation of Holocaust survivors. The youngest is 80. She's 80 because she was born in the camps. The oldest is 97.
0: In the beginning, she wouldn't take any books. This one that we're talking about, the, the youngest one, she's an organizer of the group. She's one of the organizers. And, um, now she's really, really open, and you know, yeah, she's open.
1: that's amazing. And I think it's important for people to know and understand that that you do this with no strings attached. You're just you're just blessing the people, and there's no uh, requirement on their part to receive. And no, no. Uh, it's a it's a way for you to build relationship with them.
0: And the Lord has provided so beautifully, you know, and we're just continuing on. And we do it from. Our congregation, basically, from our own uh, private property, so we're able to give out the books, and nobody is able to say to us, "Don't, don't do it." So know, the, the mayor here.
2: approaches a mayor of the town. Yes. Approaches three times, at least four, three. Yeah. And he says, "I want you to give out the food. We're very happy. We need it." Yeah.
0: Thank but you we, very much. But we, He yeah. has
2: invited himself to one of our. Uh,
0: Get together. Get together. Yeah, we have we had in the in the community center. We had like a dinner for the for the uh, Holocaust survivors, and he came.
2: He came. You know,
0: yeah, and he talked and everything like that. So he I,
2: says a lot the time, yeah.
1: Now it's so you're doing this for the Holocaust survivors. Uh, is there food distribution and aid distribution able to happen with the Palestinians as well? Yes.
2: Yes. We yes. do. We do. Also. Uh, we go. I go into. Um, some on the outskirts of some villages, and we give out flour. Now, among the Palestinians, they use about 50 kilos of flour every month. They make their own bread. Most of them have eight, six, seven children. So 60 kilos go very quickly. So we give oil, flour, sugar, tomato sauce, and many things like this. And then they, in turn they use the packages to give out bibles this is the because yeah, they
0: they they share the food with their um unbelieving yeah you know neighbors their muslim neighbors and they use it as a testimony yeah so
2: yeah they're very good wonderful yeah.
1: wonderful now uh we'll maybe finish with this thought but for the last 3 weeks 4 weeks you've been under strict lockdowns, how does how does the help happen during that time? Are you able to get help out as an essential service? Can you uh, yeah. can you continue to do that kind of work?
2: Yeah, we continue because um, we invite the people to come over, and everybody comes over because it's essential. It's food. Mm-hmm. So two things are essential, food and the gospel. So that's essential. Yeah. Right. Food is good so you can, you can do It's hinder us, but, but by God's grace, we go forward. Yeah.
1: Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And uh, how are you guys doing, uh, you know, after being locked down all this time? is Everything is okay?
2: It's been a blessing. <laughs> I have. I've been studying the book of Zechariah, memorizing the book, <laughs> and doing so many things like this. I'm putting together, which we have um, a Bible study for... Um, Leadership which i'm doing with some young people and uh, it's been a tremendous blessing for the reason see we're always on the run so we wake up at five I wake up at five four thirty more some and what I do we're not, we're doing all these things that we're doing but if we don't have time to have a date to have a quality time with the Lord to study God's word not read Bible verses but to study god's word it's like going out in a beautiful car without gasoline. And this is the pity of many ministries where Mm. they're doing many good things, but without the Word of God being grounded and spending time and understanding the Word of the Lord and really taking time and studying God's Word um, it's it's very, very uh, powerless, very powerless, because it's the Word of God that brings the power.
1: Yeah, Amen. Well, you've had lots of extra time to do that, for sure. And uh, lots of quality time together.
2: That's right. That's yeah. right. Though we always have quality time for a reason that, you know, uh, every week maybe we go out to McDonald's and sit down and talk.
1: Okay. <laughs> before.
2: Before. before. The <laughs> yeah.
1: When you could get to McDonald's. Yeah. 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 No, somebody uh, asked me, you know, how things were going. And I said, well, I said, you know, we've been alone in the house together for all these months now and Sharon hasn't kicked me out yet. So I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. (laughs) She's wonderful, but I think I get on her nerve sometimes. So yeah. Well, listen, uh, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing so openly and uh, for, for just chatting with us, you know, much, much of what you shared, we had talked about before, but, I just I wanted people to have the opportunity to hear uh, these incredible stories and to know that that God is working. God is working in Israel. And uh, he's he's still, you know, one of the things that that I pray for uh, on a very regular basis daily is is that God would continue to call people. To to the Jewish people that he would mm-hmm. he would work in the hearts of young people to to receive that same kind of call that that you got at the age of eighteen. Uh, I, I don't hear it happening as often. Certainly not mm-hmm. in our North American context. I'm really excited about about a group of young leaders that's coming up in the land uh, of Israel, and we're yeah. seeing lots of of ministries. You know, sort of sort of legacy ministries where the first some of the first believers in the land are now getting to the age where they're handing off, you know, ministries to, to younger folk. And it's amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, that the future is in good hands, but uh, you know, we, we go around we talk to people in churches here and, and I, I say to them, you know, don't forget, uh, you know, don't forget that, that God has a plan for the Jewish people as well. And uh, I know that some of that is, is fraught with complication in terms of, visas and being able to be in the country and all of that kind of thing. But um, there, there are opportunities to people for people to go and volunteer and, and and to have a part in that way. And we just pray and believe that young people will receive that call.
0: Um, and, and we'd like to thank um, first century foundations also for being with us from the beginning, basically not from, you know, from a certain point where you were really have been with us, praying for us all these years and, Uh, Especially during what happened with Ami, very much very supportive and also praying, you know, um, and with this ministry to the Holocaust survivors also. So thank you so much for, I mean, it's been very faithful giving for many, many years now. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Well, I can say you're welcome on behalf of Clyde and Marion. Uh, you know, my time just the last four years connected with you guys. Uh, I, I still feel fairly new, but but uh, Clyde and Marion have built this incredible right. legacy okay. ministry as well. And and we just know we know that none of this is here without them. And uh, so we we honor them. Uh, by by saying thank you because I I know that uh, I certainly know that Clyde uh, his his heart for Ami and that whole situation um, he's shared with me about uh, about a a time when God really spoke to him directly about that and about about the young people in Israel you know a burden and a passion and so um, I think that uh, uh, he would want me to say thank you I know that he would and uh, we you know Clyde and Marion are are gradually Clyde has done the end of this year in terms of, uh, sort of his, his active role in the ministry. And, um, Marian's going to continue with us for another year, but, uh, yeah, it's been an amazing journey and a uh, transition and we just uh, want to continue to celebrate and honor them as, as we go ahead.
0: Amen. Prism. Prism. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, bless you guys. Uh, like I said, great to see you. I wish we could have done this, in the comfort of your beautiful home there in Ariel. Uh, but we will be back. We'll come and, and uh, be able to visit again. And uh, David, you know, you'll have to come up with some other good stories to tell me and make me laugh because uh, I love I love coming to listen to you share. Uh, you always have a great way to bring humor into uh, you know everything that God is doing through you guys. And so, the Lord bless you both.
2: Amen. God bless. Love to everyone. God bless.
1: Well, that was amazing. I hope you enjoyed my interview with David and Leah Ortiz. And I hope you're challenged today to know that God is working, God is moving in the land of Israel. We appreciate so much uh, you tuning in and listening week after week and trust that uh, you enjoy these podcasts. We want to remind you that these ministries, David and Leah's ministry and many other ministries, around 70 ministries in the land of Israel, are ministries that we help, that First Century Foundations comes along side and helps with financial assistance in order so that they can do things like reach out with humanitarian aid to Holocaust survivors, to uh, Palestinians, to uh, new Muslim believers and their neighbors. So if you would like to help us with that, I would just encourage you, would you please uh, go to our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com forward slash donate. And uh, if you are Canadian or an American citizen, you can give there and be received for your giving. We are a charitable organization in both of those countries and would love to be able to get your donation so that we can help these ministries in the land of Israel. God bless you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for considering partnering with us. Please, above all, would you pray? And uh, we want to just encourage you and remind you that as Christians, we stand with Israel.